Let's start with prayer. My heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you. Father, let the power of my Lord be great. Father, open our ears that we can hear. Open our hearts like you did for Lydia, that we can attend unto the things which are spoken. Father, turn us from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto you. And Father, let us only see Jesus. Let us only see Jesus. And I ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Let's, uh, let's go to John 10, 35. We're going to look at this every time in this series. It says, John 10, verse 34, Jesus is speaking to the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and they're not happy with him. And he answers them. It says, is it not written in your law? I said, you are God's. If he called them gods, unto whom the word of God came, and this is a phrase we want to get to, and the scripture cannot be broken. The scripture cannot be broken. Do you know Jesus said right there that there are some men that are considered gods? And Jesus said the scripture cannot be broken. That is one thing. That is the thing that you can put your faith on. That is the thing that you can put your trust in. That is the thing that can carry you through any of the situations you're in. The word of God cannot be broken. It is stronger than your feelings. It is stronger than the earth you stand on. It is as strong as eternity. You can put your faith in the word of God. It can't be broken. And with that, Romans 2 verse 11. Paul speaking. And he's speaking about the Jews and the Gentiles. And he says here in verse 11, For there is no respecter of persons with God. That is a wonderful thing. I know in one part the, the, the Pharisees came. They were trying to trap Jesus. And they said, you know, you don't care about any man. You don't look at the, at the, of the status of a man. And that is true. He is no respecter of persons. What he did for that one over there, he will do for that one over there. He loves us the same. And we've proven that. He loves us the same. What is the difference? Are you using your faith? He responds to faith. He loves everybody. But he responds to faith. Now, with that, I want us to go to John 11. We are going to look again at Martha and Mary. And we're going to look at a, a, a situation here that Jesus dealt with both of them, that he was talking to both of them. And it was a, it was a crisis situation. It was an awful situation. And we're going to begin in uh, John 11, verse 1. Now a certain man was sick, named Lazarus, of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. And we talked about Mary and Martha last week. How Ma Mary, she wanted the word of God, and God said, or Jesus said, you cannot take, that will not be taken away from her. That was a wonderful thing to hear. You know, that's the same with us. If you put your heart on God, that will not be taken away from you. Nobody can take it away. All right? Now it says, It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sisters, Martha and Mary, sent unto Jesus, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, 
and the Son of Man, the Son of God, might be glorified thereby. Do you see God set the whole situation up? God set this whole situation up. When you get the revelation that every situation that walks in front of you has been a setup. It's been a setup. Sometimes when you get to a point, you go, here we go again. Another setup. Why? So you get the victory. So you grow. So your faith is increased. So God can prove himself again to you. That's what the situations are for if you take them that way. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. He loved all three of them. Notice he loved two sisters and a guy. He loved the two sisters. It says, when he heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. And now I'm going to skip down to verse 17, because this is when Jesus shows up in town. Jesus, when he came in, he found him that it lay, he had found that, that Lazarus had lain in the grave four days already. Lazarus died. And he told the disciples before he even left to go there, Lazarus, he said, at first, Lazarus is asleep. And that's what Lazarus was. He was asleep in the Lord. If you read, when we die and we're in Christ, we just sleep. We don't die. We don't go to hell. We're just sleeping in the Lord. And that's what he said. And they're thinking, and, and, and I told Joel this the other day. He said, no, Laz, uh, his disciples said, well, if he sleepeth, he's doing well. Because the rest of us aren't getting any sleep. And I told that to Doyle. He said something about someone was, you know, asleep in the Lord. And I thought, well, at least they're getting asleep. Because at the time, I wasn't. But anyway, all right. It says, now, then Jesus said, he had laid in the grave four days already. Now, Bethany was nigh unto Jerusalem, about 15 furlongs long. That's about two miles away. And it says, and many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Now, Martha and Mary don't know that this is a setup. They don't know there's a reason Jesus wasn't there. Jesus loved Lazarus. They don't know why he, was, he didn't come. And Martha said, and then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary stopped, sat still in the house. And I want you to take a look at this conversation between Martha and Jesus. Because there's, there's this is a precious conversation and God's going to open our eyes about this conversation. This is a wonderful thing that happened between Martha and Jesus and it's going to bless you because it blessed me when God showed it to me. It said, then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou had been here, my brother had not died. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou will ask of God, God will give it thee. And Jesus said unto her, thy brother, thy brother shall rise again. Now, this is a one-on-one -on -one conversation between the Savior and the creator of the world and a woman. You ever thought about it that way? This is the Messiah. This is the creator of the world. The, the heavens, everything was created by the spirit that is in the man, Jesus, the spirit. And he is talking one on one with a woman. One of his creations. 
And he says, whatsoever, so she said, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. And Jesus saith unto her, thy brother shall rise again. And Martha saith unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And look what the Messiah says to a woman. Says to a woman. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection. I am the resurrection. Do you know before he said this, he had not said it to anyone else in the word of God? He might have, but it's not written down. Martha, he said to Martha, I am the resurrection. You know, the disciples may not have known that yet. Why is he talking to Martha? Because she's needy. Because she's grieving. Because she's getting ready to be really blessed. But he's talking to her as the, as the Messiah. And he's giving a revelation of what he's about to do to her. To a woman. Not to Peter. Not to Paul. Not to, not to all the disciples. He's talking to a woman. Do you see that? Do you see how he views women? They can take the revelation. They can receive revelation. They can be right there with Jesus speaking face to face. There's not a man between Martha and Jesus interpreting for Martha. She's talking one-on-one with the Messiah. And he's telling her, Martha, I am the resurrection. I am the resurrection. Do you know he'll talk to us the same way? He is no respecter of persons. He promised that. And the word of God cannot be broken. He will speak to us revelation. And he does. Why? Because he created us and he loves us. And he wants us to know. And we're going to see that. Already said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. He is speaking this to Martha. He said to her, I am the resurrection. Do you know he hadn't even raised from the dead yet? He hadn't even gone to the cross yet. He hadn't even gone to the cross yet. And he's saying, I am the resurrection. You think he's got some faith? You think he's got the faith to get us all free? Yes, he does. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, and he's talking to Martha. He said, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? Believest thou this now? Let's take a look at how Martha answers him. Let's take a look at how Martha, face to face with the Messiah, answers him. Martha said, and she said unto him, yea, Lord, yes, Lord. I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. Do you hear her words? She's speaking to Jesus, and she said, Yes, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. Now, with that, turn with me to Matthew 16. And I want us to go to, let's see, 
Matthew 16. I want us to go to verse 13. It says, when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, whom do men say that I, the son of man, am? And they said unto him, some say thou art John the Baptist, and some Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. Now, Jesus said, but whom say you that I am? And only one answered him. Only one answered him. And what, who was that one? It was Peter. And what did he say? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. So now Martha said that, and now Peter said that. And look what Jesus said about what Peter said. And Jesus answered and said unto Peter, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. How did Peter know that Jesus was the Son of God? The Father in heaven told him. He wouldn't have got it any other way. It is written in the scriptures. You don't get a revelation of who Jesus is unless the Father tells you. Now, what does that tell you about Martha? The Father had to tell Martha. The Father had to tell Martha, Jesus was the Son of God. Do you see how God views us women? We are capable. We are made to receive that revelation. We can take it. We can walk in it. We can believe it. We can walk right along with the apostles as we've learned before. Walk right along with them with the same revelation. Some of you are freaking out. I want you to turn with me to Ephesians 4. We have not been taught the word of God except here, the way it's written. All right, in Ephesians 4, I'm going to begin in verse 11. And, and, and God gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers. We know. That the apostle, prophet, pastor, evangelist, and teacher has to be a man. You cannot, a woman cannot be an apostle, a prophet, a pastor, a teacher, or an evangelist. Why? Because the scripture says, both Paul and Peter say, the only way you can be an elder is, is one, of the, the, one of the descriptions is you only get one wife. Well, I can't get a wife. I can be a wife, but I can't have a wife. You cannot be one of the fivefold ministry as a woman, but what can you be? You know, not every man is part of the fivefold ministry. The majority of the men out there are not apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists, or pastors. But you know what a woman can be? And you know why they exist? Do you know why the apostle exists? For you. Do you know why the prophet exists for you? Do you know why the evangelist exists for you? They were put here for you. Not for, not for them. They were put here for you. Paul knew that. Paul walked in that. All right, let's go on. It says he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Why? For the perfecting of the women. Amen. To get the women perfected. Did you know that's why they're here? 
to get you perfected. To get me perfected. Perfected. It says for the perfecting of the saints and for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come. All. That's male and female. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge. And the knowledge of the Son of God. You know what that is? That's the revelation of Jesus. That's the revelation of Jesus. That apostle and prophet and pastor, teacher and evangelist are put here so that we get the full revelation of Jesus. Till we all get to the same level of knowledge of Jesus. Why? So we can walk in it. So we can walk in it. So we can cast the devil out of our kids and our cats. So we can lay our hands on our children so they're healed. So we can believe God to bring food to the household. So we can get into the situations, believe God, and get us out. That is why there are apostles, prophets, pastors, and teachers there for you. And Jesus was telling Martha that. I am the resurrection. Believe in me. And we all know what the end of that story is. Jesus raised her brother from the dead. He raised her brother, her and Mary's brother, four days in the grave. Four days in the grave. Raised him from the dead. Let's go back there. I do want to show one thing. And then Mary shows up. It says, verse 32 of John, of John 11. It says, then when Mary was come to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou had been here, my brother had not died. He had not, she had not heard the conversation with Martha. And Jesus answers her and he says, where have you laid him? Where have you laid him? Where is he? And they said to him, Lord, come and see. And Jesus wept. You know, when I was brought up in the church, I was told Jesus wept because he was sad that Lazarus had died. That is impossible. He came there to raise him from the dead. He came there to raise him from the dead. Have you ever been so full of the Holy Ghost that you got tears? Have you ever had the Holy Ghost on you where the inside of you is groaning? Jesus was getting ready, a man. Remember, Jesus was a man, just like you and me. He had the spirit of the Christ in him, but he was a man like you and I. We didn't ha he didn't have any power on his own, and we know that. No power of his own. Why is he groaning and why is he weeping? Because that Holy Ghost in him is pulling Lazarus out of the middle of the earth. That's why he's groaning. That's why he's weeping. The Holy Ghost in him is pulling Lazarus out of the depths of the earth and putting him back in that body. And it says here, Jesus lifts up his voice and said, Father, I thank thee thou hast heard me. And I know that thou hearest me always. But because of the people standing about that I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. He knew what he was getting ready to do. He was sent there to do that. It was a total setup. Why? For the glory of Jesus and for the glory of the Father. If you will take this, every situation you get into, every bad situation, every weird situation, every hard situation, 
is put there for the glory of God. If you will believe, if you will stand, you will see it was at all set up just so God gets the glory. That's why Jesus did this. That's why the Father set it up. That's why, and, and I want to show you real quick, if you will go the next verse, page over, verse 12, uh, chapter 12, I'm going to read the first two verses just as a side note because I think this is relevant. It says, then Jesus, six days before the Passover, he's getting ready to go die. He came to Bethany where Lazarus was, which had been dead, whom he had raised from the dead. And look at this. He said, and they made him a supper. Now the supper was in Simon the leopard's house, and you'll find that in Mark, Mark 12. But he made him a supper. And look, look at this next phrase. And Martha served. And Martha served. You know, it's not a sin to serve. If you remember last week, the sin wasn't that Martha was serving. is that she was careful and, and nervous about many, anxious about many things. That's what her problem was. Looks like she's over that. And she's serving a host at this guy's house. Do you know there are some, and, I, and there are some here at Water of Life, that are servants that God put here. And they're servants, and they serve. They serve. Now, I want to finish with one, one area. I want us to go to Romans 16, because we're talking about the woman in the body of Christ. The woman in the body of Christ. We can have the same revelation of Jesus. Now the apostle, prophet, pastor, they've got other responsibilities. And that's to get us perfected. So they have some revelation we may not have. But we have the revelation of Jesus. We have that gospel. You, it is available to you, the full revelation of Jesus. That's the gospel, folks. And that's for us. And we can walk in it. And it was given to us. And Jesus, the Father, gave Martha that revelation. He gave it to her. She couldn't have gotten it any other way. I believe you are the Son of God. And you're the one that's to come into the world. God gave her that revelation. That is a beautiful thing. A woman that serves had the revelation of Jesus. Now, uh, Romans 16, verse 1. We all know this one. Women that worked with Paul that ministered with Paul, that was with Paul, not just the disciples, not just the prophets, not, not just the men. There were women that worked with Paul. First one's obvious. I commend unto you Phoebe, our sister, which is a servant. That word is servant. It's minister of the church was at Centuria. And it says that you receive her in the Lord. That as become a saints, and that you assist her in whatever business she has need of you. He's telling the man, if the woman needs something, give it to her. Pretty cool. You know what? She's not going to ask anything unless it's by the Spirit of God. It says, you assist her in whatever business she has need of you, for she has been a succor of many, and myself also. She actually ministered to Paul, the Apostle Paul, the Apostle to the Gentiles, had a woman a woman minister to him. Now, there's some here you may not know. The next one is obvious. Greet Priscilla and Aquila. She is the wife of Aquila. And she worked with Paul. With her husband and Paul. They had a church in their house. Paul didn't call it 
Paul didn't call it Aquila's house. He called it Priscilla and Aquila's house. Now, they were not co-pastors, folks. No such thing in the Word of God. None. All right? Now, but go down to verse 7. This is pretty cool. It says, salute Adronius and Junia. Junia is a female. It's a woman. And look at what he says about this woman. Junia is a woman that walked with Paul. And he said, my kinsmen and my fellow prisoners. I don't know if that's good or bad. She was a fellow prisoner. She was a fellow prisoner. He said, who are of note among the apostles who also were in Christ before me. So now we got a woman that's a fellow prisoner. And then I want you to go down to verse 12. Because there are three women here. Salute uh, Tryphena, a woman. Tryphosa, a woman. Who labor in the Lord. They labor in the Lord. That's their job. They're laboring in the Lord with Paul. They are part of his ministry. Isn't that wonderful? Look at these women. They are part of Paul's ministry. How can they be, uh, how can they labor in the Lord unless they got a revelation of Jesus? And then the next one, salute the beloved Persis, which laboreth much in the Lord. You know what? That's a woman. That's a woman who laboreth much in the Lord. When God was starting to talk to me about these things, about me being a minister of the gospel, oh, I had, you, you don't know the struggle I went through. And, and I had everybody else helping me. But one day I was sitting in my office and I was reading the word of God. And God said, I want you to read the greetings to every one of Paul's epistles. The greetings, the first lines. And I thought, well, that's kind of odd. But I, I didn't know what God was after totally. I thought there's something, you know, obviously when God says, I want you to read the greetings to every letter that, that he was after something to show me. I want you to turn with me to Philemon. This really blessed me. I had never seen it until God opened my eyes. Philemon, verse 1. Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ. Because he had some fellow prisoner women too. It says, and Timothy, our brother, under Philemon, our dearly beloved and fellow laborer, and... And our beloved Ophelia, our beloved Ophelia, did you know that the letter of Philemon was to three people? It was to Philemon, Ophelia, which is a woman, and Archippus. The letter that Paul wrote was to Philemon and a woman. And another man, our beloved Ophelia. He called her a beloved Ophelia. That's who the letter was. I'd never seen that. I'd never saw that. You know, a woman, the woman has a place in the body of Christ. 
she can walk right with the apostle and prophet and pastors and teachers with whatever job that God gives her. And you know, if God sets you in the church, and he will, when you walk with him, he will set you where you are to be. And there is a place, there is a place in the body of Christ with your name on it. And it's the best place for you to be. And when he sets you there and you know you have been set, there is much comfort and there is much joy and there is much liberty because you know that God put you there. But you know, if you want that, the first thing you've got to have is you've got to have Jesus in you. You've got to have the Messiah in you. You've got to have a revelation of what he did for you, that he died for you, that he was buried for you, that he was raised again to bring you back to the Father so you can have the same place that Adam and Eve had before the fall. That's why Jesus came. And he has a place and a love and a compassion for the woman. And he wants you born again so that he can put you in that place. And the, uh, the way to be born again, it says it in Romans, that if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, Jesus be my Lord, take over my life, lead me, put me where you want me to be. And you believe in your heart that he was raised from the dead, and oh, he was. He was by the mighty power of the Father. He was raised for us. If you believe that in your heart, you will be born again. You will be saved. And you will be part of the family of God. Amen. Thank you for joining Kathy Davidson and the Ministers of Music from Water of Life Church. She would love to hear from you. You may reach her by email at kd at kdwol.com. Or you may write her at Kathy Davidson, Care of Water of Life Church, Post Office Box 861-327, Plano, Texas 75086. You may find her on the internet at www.kdwol.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless.